0: Hi, this is Rachel and Recover. We've got a special guest with us, Bex Cronshaw. She's going to tell us a little bit about herself, and then she's going to answer some questions for us.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, so my name's Bex, uh, Bex Cronshaw, and... I've been a coach for a really long time now. I actually started out working in the fitness industry. And this was long before I started my own healing journey. And I am a self-confessed compulsive exerciser. I had problems with food when I was younger. And it was really through this journey of hating myself and hating my own body, if I'm honest, that I found my way into therapy into going on my own internal journey and then from that my own profession transformed into helping other women who have been through this same process of dealing with sexual abuse sexual assault and really helping them rediscover themselves their body and the love for themselves and yeah I wish someone had taught me a long time ago that It's all about love, really. And that's my message now, is that when we can come back to ourselves and come back to love, life is a a very different place.
0: Okay, um, let's get to the questions. Um, What is it that you do now?
1: What I do now is I help women (coughs) reclaim their body, reclaim their sexuality, and also reclaim their no. Um, and that's just this process of healing trauma right healing ourselves I call it from the inside out you know it's that process of learning to love and accept and cherish ourselves that when we take care of that the outside world takes care of itself
0: okay um how
1: did you get into this well, <laughs> um, I think I already touched on this a little bit already, but yeah, my own journey started when I was a teenager. Um, I had problems with food back then. Um, you know, my issue, and I know that this is different for everyone, but my issue was you know, I didn't eat. Right? And that was because I was going through an extremely traumatic time and I didn't have control over anything else that was happening in my life. And so food was one of the few things that I could control. And so I went through my own journey of struggling with not eating. Mm -hmm. Um, And although on the outside, I think I started to look healthier, I never really dealt with any of those those underlying issues myself. So then that sort of transformed into a career in the fitness industry where I was helping people, sort of but (laughs) I'm sure you know that when you haven't done your own stuff, right, you haven't done your own work, uh, the scope for which you can help people is limited. And again, through that process, I really became aware of just how many of us struggle with our relationship with food and just how ingrained that is with our childhoods, with the trauma that we've been through. And that if we're not working on healing that underlying trauma, then any solution that I'm offering that, you know, the whole fitness, the diet industry is offering is only really surface level stuff, right? You've got to dig a little bit deeper to to truly be able to help. So that's my journey of coaching in one area to coaching in something else. And although I enjoyed all of it, what I do now feels more rewarding, I think, because I know that it's touching on the stuff that that really changes people's lives now.
0: Yeah, no, um, I mean, there's a huge, you know, I don't know if you've read The Body Keeps the Score, but if you haven't, I recommend it. Um, It's amazing, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, no, um, it talks about how the body keeps track of all of
1: that. Um, Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I have clients now who they... For example, you know, they've kept this stuff suppressed for 20, 30, sometimes even 40 years. And then all of a sudden, well, another book, actually, the body says no, right? In Gabo Mate's words, at some point, the body just says no. And there's autoimmune disease or fibromyalgia or all these ways of the body starting to express, like, I'm not okay. Um, but sometimes it's just in a language that we're perhaps not used to hearing or used to tuning into and then that can be challenging right because then the body doesn't respond in the way that we're used to or the way that we know and so it's then okay well how how do we start to learn the language of the body and how do we actually start to hear ourselves speak um yeah
0: no um what things have you done to recover from being sexually abused
1: um it's funny I think I heard one of your other guests talk about this and she kind of said what haven't I tried (laughs) (laughs) and I don't know maybe you have a, a perspective on your journey too but I would put myself in the same camp there and I would say you know I came my healing journey started even at the point where I didn't know anything about my past right I just knew that had this 10-year relationship we were running a business together and that relationship was breaking down and it was complicated and so I was 30 years old I was like I am not where I thought I would be in my life right now I need some help <laughs> and that was where it started and it was only ongoing on that path that all of the you know the old memories and stuff that started to resurface and it was like wow okay there's a lot more to unpack here than I thought um and so I started with talk therapy I did about four or five years of that got virtually nowhere um I mean you know like little changes here and there but nothing significant in the way that I was moving forward with my life so talk therapy was a for me unfortunately (laughs) um and then i i was fortunate i ended up on a path of somatic work right so somatic therapy um and a few other other things along the way so certainly breath work has been an enormous component for me um in more recent times there's a specific type of breath work that i work with called biodynamic breath work um which is specifically for trauma release which has been unbelievable um and so what else have I tried yeah that's kind of the 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 good and the bad right the talk therapy that didn't really work and Mm -hmm. the somatic work and the breath work that have just been incredible
0: yeah well I think talk therapy in general needs to be paired with something when you're dealing with trauma whether it's art therapy or EMDR or neurofeedback or you know something else that's going on as well I think it's kind of like a general practitioner, but just for mental health.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. As a tool on its own, maybe when it's paired with something else, it can be helpful. But there are certainly more effective approaches out there now, I think.
0: Yes. um, So, I don't know. It it definitely has has its usefulness. And just finding the right therapist. I mean, you can go see a therapist, but... If they're not trained in trauma or in your type of trauma, most of the time you're wasting your time.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I learned that the hard way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I understand. I mean, I've had therapists, I'm like, this person's too green and they're not going to be able to help me and this is wasting time. (laughs) Or they're just not, I'm talking to them and they're looking at me like I have three heads. That's not going to work for me either. (laughs) (laughs) so no i completely understand that um uh what was the the catalyst that started you on your path to healing in, in your recovery
1: yeah it was this breakup of this relationship um you know we were together for nearly 10 years and to be honest again when i started the healing process i realized this was an abusive relationship. But, and I think this happens so often with those of us who have been through abuse or trauma. You know, I hear this a lot from clients. It's that we don't even know what normal is, right? What a healthy relationship is because that pattern of abuse was ingrained so early on that that just becomes normal. So for me, I was just in this bubble of, living in, I mean, it wasn't a physically abusive relationship, but it was emotionally abusive. And for nearly 10 years, I had no idea.
0: Yeah, no, Um, that's really, really common.
1: Yeah. So I sought help because this relationship was breaking down, but that in itself was a really eye-opening experience to see what I'd been allowing myself to go through for so long.
0: And for other listeners out there, and for Bex, um, one book I recommend is Why Does He Do That? Um, And it's, you know, the effects are both the same on, uh, it's got a lot of useful tools for both genders, so. um, But I found that really helpful for those that are in domestic abusive relationships. Mm -hmm. Just to look for the signs yeah and
1: you know this is this isn't me by any stretch saying that um anyone is okay you know it's okay to abuse another person but you know having been on my own journey now I can understand that they are also just trauma other traumatized people you know playing out their own trauma in the only way they know how and I just find that really sad and so my goal now is to just is to get the message out there to as many people as i can right so that more people can not go through what i went through and sit in that situation for 5 10 15 20 years whatever it might be thinking that either they don't know any different or they don't deserve any different because that's absolutely not true
0: no i can completely relate to that um what has been the most helpful?
1: I think different things at different places along the way have been really helpful. And it's funny because all, all my years in fitness, nobody ever asked me what qualifications do you have? What pieces of paper do you have? But as soon as you enter the the trauma space, it seems that the modality becomes really important. And What I try to say to people is that different modalities and different things have a place at different times. You know, for example, for me, I've done quite a lot of EMDR therapy, and it's been amazing. But EMDR is really effective, I think, when you have this toolkit of emotional regulation to build from. And if you take someone into a series of EMDR sessions without this ability to regulate their emotions then that can put them in a very challenging space, right? in a space potentially of re-traumatizing, you know, of not being able to cope with the amount of, you know, the sensations, the emotions that are coming up from that. So I think a big part of it is, like you said before, it's being in a per- with a person where you feel safe. And it's that relationship with that person, that connection that you have with them that forms the foundation to healing. And that's the platform on which all the other stuff works. Because without that safe connection, without that kind of root and that anchor, it doesn't matter if you're doing talk therapy, uh, CBT, EMDR, like whatever the letters are. Like you need that root and that safe connection. Um, So that would be my probably most important thing. Um, EMDR is great. Um, The breath work that I do is a very embodied practice. And that's what I really think the essence of healing is. It's coming back into your body and feeling safe in your body. And so for me, it would be that. But again, I feel like that's one of those practices that you need you need a base level of other stuff before you can step into that. Um, yeah.
0: No, I completely understand. I mean, there's stuff that definitely comes with time and at different stages in your healing process that, like, I did EMDR and I've done neurofeedback. But honestly, until, like, started that process, I don't think I would have been as good, you know. Well, I mean, I think the EMDR maybe prepared me for the neurofeedback. Which was a lot more intense because well, yeah, I don't know if anybody else has been through neurofeedback, but it was one of the most emotionally exhausting things I've ever done. I think the only thing that else that's about that equivalent is when they start doing electric shock therapy, which is a whole different ballgame entirely. Which yeah. has gotten a lot better, but it still has a lot of side effects which i do, i only recommend in the extreme cases and most and most therapists would agree on that so
1: i don't know much about that <laughs> <laughs> i i don't have anything mm-hmm. to contribute on that one i'm afraid <laughs> that's okay it's uh you know it's
0: uh i've heard good things but it's it's very uh it's more intense than neurofeedback and neurofeedback is intense enough for me let's just put it that way uh, yeah um what do you wish you would have known at starting your healing journey
1: hmm. um that it's about coming home that really i'm probably gonna get quite emotional now <laughs> because i feel really strongly about this you know for so long i thought that i was broken and that there was something wrong with me and for a good few years as I started to heal it was really about fixing myself okay I need to fix myself because I'm not okay as I am and the further along the journey I've gone the more I've realized that that's never what it was about it was about me accepting myself as I am not because of what happened not in spite of what happened just being okay with who i am right now and loving myself and accepting myself and there are times where other people have been able to do that for me when i wasn't able to do that myself and so now it really is about sharing that message of love that you are lovable that all of us are are lovable human beings as we are in this moment right there's nothing that we have to do to to gain love right we are lovable we are valuable in our innate being um and that's what it's all about for me and it's about holding that space now for others to say like you know what like you're you're totally okay and maybe all of these things that happened to you made you believe that you're not But I see something in you that maybe you don't see in yourself right now. And that's my goal with anyone that I connect with on whatever level it might be.
0: No, I mean, and I feel like that's an important thing, especially those who are struggling, you know, either with their relationships or like, especially to avoid being in an abusive relationship. So knowing that you deserve to be loved and in a healthy relationship so
1: yeah and I can understand you know it's that was one of the hardest things for me to unwind because it can be so deep-rooted you know I think we we absorb so much in those especially in those first seven years of our existence but you know the uh, the, the speed at which our brain is developing and absorbing information when we're young is just so incredible that when other, other people's behavior towards us can send a really clear message that we're not lovable or that we're not acceptable for who we are and it can be really really hard to let go of some of those beliefs
0: most definitely most definitely
1: but I also think that that's the most powerful thing of all okay when we're able to see ourselves for who we truly are and not for what someone else made us believe we were that's where the power lies
0: there's a really powerful book um it's called get out of your head i think it's by janine's i can't remember her last name but i recommend her book especially if you know for those who are struggling with negative thinking in their head about themselves Uh, It's a really powerful book. I really enjoyed reading it. Um, How did your family respond when you came out?
1: (laughs) Well, not very well (laughs) would be the short answer to that. Um, You know, I think it's difficult. And I would say that my abuser had already passed away when this came out for me. So that relationship itself was not something that was ever able or needed to be addressed. Um, My immediate family were just denial. Like they just could not fundamentally get their head around the fact that this could have happened, which I understand because I spent most of my adult life in denial about it as well. So I understand that, again, that defense mechanism that was going on for them, that put them into that same space of denial. Um, It was almost a year where I didn't speak to my mom um, because she just wasn't prepared to acknowledge it. Um, But then I think that was a really important learning for me as well in terms of being able to set those boundaries and say, you know, if you can't accept my truth, then I can't be a part of this relationship. And so that was a really hard period of time but actually an important learning for me in setting boundaries in place. And now, I mean, we still have to work at it, but our relationship has made huge, huge amounts of progress. Right? She realized that that approach wasn't going to work um, and it was okay, change or lose my daughter. And she chose change, which is amazing. And I'm, incredibly appreciative of that right now now i know some people aren't that fortunate and their families never get there Um, and that's also possible um i don't know if what, what your experience was there but you know i think my where i've got to on it now is that as long as i hold my truth and i'm true to myself then that's enough
0: no uh I can relate, uh, no, I was, a uh, trauma bonded with my father for up until about 14 months ago cause he was my abuser. And so, but my mother was a borderline, so he was also my protector when she would go into her rages. And so it was kind of like pick your poison, unfortunately, but you know, that's a whole other story. So, um, how did your community respond?
1: Well, so that's been interesting. So my community, I suppose, has, I have my friendship group, I have my family, and then I have my work environment. Um, My family, I've communicated with the essentials, right? Um, They will never fully understand why I'm or how I'm working in the space that I do now. And that's something that I just accept. Um, The community I'm in have been incredible and so supportive. Um, But that's ultimately because I'm working in a space now that is all about people who are in the same place as me, right, who want to support others on their healing journey. So most of my friends, most of my contacts are breath workers, energy workers, um, even a few therapists, you know, people who are really committed to this personal growth, growth and this personal development themselves. And that's really important to me, you know, because I think that's, like you said earlier, that's how we have healthy relationships, We're forming connections with other people who are not necessarily never triggered, (laughs) right? Or not to say that we all get it right all of the time, but that we have the awareness to and the courage to have those difficult conversations. Um, And that's a really big part of it, I think, to be able to, like I said before, to have the courage to speak up, to be vulnerable and to speak our truth, no matter what the consequence because it's easy to stay in our comfort zone and to play it safe, but it's not a true authentic connection unless we're actually speaking from our heart. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. I have some really great people in my life and it hasn't always been like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that can be a very much a turning point for a lot of people. Um, and I think even for myself, i had been doing all these, you know, therapies and stuff to work through it. But until I broke my trauma bond, I didn't see a lot of fruit. Mm-hmm. So I think that really slowed down my progression. And if I had already broken that trauma bond, a lot of the work would have been a lot more fruitful, I think at the time. So, um, I think that's it. Um, uh, bex thanks for coming on our show hope to have you again on here sometime again at some point um is there anything else you'd like to add before we close out
1: um no just thank you for having me and if anyone would like to find me um i have a support group on facebook um, i would love for you to come and say hello so you can find me just at bex cronshaw on facebook and um yeah it's been beautiful sharing these things with you so thank you so much
0: all right guys this is rachel and recovery you can follow us on social media uh find us on your favorite pot- podcast platform or always find us on rachel and thanks for listening see you next thursday